Hey guys, welcome back to the Job Talks podcast, the podcast that helps you find your way in life. Uh, I'm yours, Romain, and did you listen to that intro? Was it good or not? I think it was. I think it was. Uh, shout out to Nick. Uh, you've, if you've watched the podcast before, you already know about Nick. Uh, he's the one that made the intro and the outro that you're going to listen afterwards. Uh, big shout out to him because, uh, I mean, we love it. Uh, we love this intro. Kind of a retro vibe. I mean, that's super cool. Um, anyway, today I'm joined with uh, Linda, uh, Talasa and Desiree, who are both um, recruiters that joined the, the squad quite recently. And we're going to talk about everything that is uh, happening when you are preparing to go abroad. So there is a lot to unpack uh, because there is a lot of things that uh, we forget or we don't think about when we are moving abroad. Uh, we know, especially nowadays, that it's quite difficult and there is a lot of preparation that is going on. So uh, we wanted to talk a little bit about all of that. Uh, so. Hope you guys uh, will enjoy this one. Uh, if you do, please uh, leave us a review on uh, Apple Podcast or Spotify, or if you're watching on YouTube, uh, leave us a comment. We'd love to hear from you guys. So, yeah, enjoy and uh, have fun. So, thanks a lot for for joining. Um, so, yeah, today we're going to talk about uh, all the tips, uh, tricks, and everything that you guys uh, have and you guys know about uh, moving and preparing to move abroad. Uh, I know that a lot of us have traveled in many different places and there is a lot of struggle when you are moving in a different country because i mean there is always something at first that you've you when you're in the plane or in your car and you're like all right i forgot that <laughs> of course you forgot always uh, everything um one quick thing because you're not used to it but i'm going to share statistics uh so <laughs> i like i like to have a lot of statistics to back uh, different things up uh so um, i just started to have like because we are recruiting and helping people to get a new job abroad so i wanted to find and uh, understand a way why people are actually moving abroad uh, of course People are moving abroad to travel. That's uh, an easy one. Uh, but uh, there is also a lot of people, uh, for the people that moved abroad for their work, 60% uh, of them um, actually moved for a better quality of life. So I don't know about you guys, uh, but I feel like that makes a lot of sense because, I mean, you can move in within your country and have a better quality of life within your country. But most of the time you always see, and more and more now with all this social media and everything, you see places abroad that you never thought and you never saw before. And you're like, all right, that seems really cool to, a really cool place to live in. And we also have the chance to have uh, a lot of statistics about where, which country and which cities are the, have the best quality of life. So we know all those, those things that we didn't knew before and we have the ability to move abroad. So um, I wanted to have like a little roundtable first of where you guys actually went uh, in different countries. Uh, so like Linda, if you want to have a, a start uh, with that of which countries do you actually lived in? Yeah, uh, I'm born in Denmark. So I lived in Denmark and I moved away from Denmark. I moved to France uh, first time around. Uh, I was done with my high school. And then I got offered a job. So I thought, why not move to the south of France? I don't know if it was uh, I was old enough to know about quality of life, but I guess it was because it's warmer in south of France than it is in Denmark. So I thought a year with the beach and sun, and that would be very nice for me. Uh, then I moved back to Denmark. I missed some of, well, again, quality of life. I missed some of the food and friends and stuff I had in Denmark. And then I moved to Malta. 
was supposed to be there for 10 months, ended up living there for five years. There were sun and beaches mm -hmm. and it was nice and drinks were cheap. Um, and then now I moved back to France. So, um, yeah. Nice. What about whoever wants to talk first? <laughs> yeah, so for me, uh, I'm from the Netherlands and uh, it's already like almost 10 years ago that I actually lived in South Africa for several months. Uh, I went there for work but it was winter in the Netherlands. It was a seasonal job opportunity. So it was summer there. So definitely there was some quality of life improvement. Uh, it was a great experience. Uh, after that, I've traveled quite a bit, but I fell in love with Spain. So that's where I moved three years ago. And that was definitely a quality of life improvement. I love <laughs> the wine, the weather, the food, the people, the culture. It's all, yeah, I love it there. So this is still my home base. Nice. What about you, Desiree? Um, Yeah, well, I have a little bit the same as Linda. I uh, had my first uh, foreign experience living abroad when I was 17, when I was really lucky to do an international education. And I went to, I was sent to Greece, actually, to Corfu, the island. Um, and like she said, I wasn't worried yet about quality of life. Uh, I was doing internships, uh, you know, fell in love with the, the food, the wine, the, the beach. And, uh, and then I had to go back to the Netherlands. Uh, you've got two Dutchies here. And um, I went to, I had to, I always say I had to, but I was lucky enough to go to France to study there, to do an, uh, an exchange in a, in a business university. And then I went to the UK for an internship. Uh, and I think when I went back to the Netherlands after all of that to settle down, I guess, uh, I figured out that that's not for me. So I, uh, I moved to, I moved again to Italy and there I definitely the same as, as Talessa said, I, I discovered that, yeah, I do need more quality of life, uh, than I have here in the Netherlands, not saying it's bad, but it's cold and it's, uh, like we have our hour of sun at the moment but uh, that's it it's more rain so yeah so that's that's also why i made the change to to another country nice nice a lot of people are uh, went to different places i see a part of with different people coming from uh, i mean lived in france for a few a few uh, amount of time <laughs> nice love my country <laughs> um so we're, we're gonna say that we're gonna talk about um everything that is preparing for for travel uh just before uh, that uh same as something that i saw in the same uh, article of the statistic statistics um there is uh currently uh i mean currently there was two, 2018 um it was uh said by the un that uh there is around two 250 million people uh, that were working in a different country they were born in. So that's quite a lot of people uh, that obviously help with now all the internet or everyone that is able to connect and working remote. So that helped a lot. Uh, but I wanted to guys, because I saw the one country where uh, people are the most working abroad. I mean, the one country that attracts the most people to work abroad. What do you think this, this country is? Because I was a bit surprised by it. Hmm. Ooh. That's difficult. 
difficult. I, I want to yeah, say something um, like Estonia because they have the E residency, but that there's only 1.5 million Estonians, so they cannot all travel abroad. So it's maybe not them. Oh, we're talking about the top country where people are going to work abroad, right? Yeah, going to. Mm. I would think that a lot of people are kind of, um, let's say, inspired by the US, but that always seems so difficult to even get a visa for. So I wouldn't think that would be the country. Yeah. No yeah, I, I, thought, I thought of the US and uh, the, uh, Australia, yeah, could be a one too. But I, I thought afterwards, like, I was thinking about it, and afterwards I was like, yeah, like for all the, the European people as well, like uh, it could be like some kind of Portugal or something, because like it's usually cheaper, you know, for all, for all other Europeans, and it's quite a good quality of living. Uh, but no, absolutely not. It's a tiny neutral country called Switzerland uh, that attracts the most people to work in. Uh, and I, after numbers. What? In absolute numbers, like not even a percentage, just like absolute numbers. And absolute numbers. And I, I, I was like, I couldn't understand at first. And I was, I was like, I think there is a part of fault for French people because actually we are on the border. And like, to be frank, like all the salaries in, in Switzerland are double the salary that they are in France. So there's like a ton of French people that actually work in switzerland and we live in france and there is a lot of people that are working uh, at the border like that and i think that's one of the reasons for that same in italy that's exactly the same and less in germany actually but yeah uh, yeah actually less but yeah italy you're right uh italy and uh, and switzerland so attracts a lot of people oh so yeah that was a fun statistic that i found i was like all right <laughs> switzerland it is then <laughs> um so uh Obama, still working on the old preparation thing um what do you guys like found the the first thing that you regretted not doing when you prepared for a, a move abroad like i know like for for my part is that i i kind of lost uh, all the track of all the paperwork that i needed to do i uh, i mean i I should have done better because I, in the country, I mean, in France, there is a ton of paperwork everywhere, but I, I kind of lost of, like, on tra the track of it because I was like, yeah, it's going to be easier abroad. And so I forgot to prepare a lot of things. I, I thought about my passport for sure, but like everything that could be like work related or even accommodations and everything, I, I just went there and just figured that out on place. So that was like not a mistake because I, I, I sorted everything out, but I think I could have done it a little bit uh, beforehand. So what do you guys like where you uh, you kind of not regret, but like the thing that you would have thought uh, do better and do at first uh, in the first place? I think for me, if I can start, um, I think almost every trip, I just feel like I packed wrong. Like I either packed too much, which was usually the case, things I really don't, don't need, didn't need. Um, I keep telling myself, like, if there's really something I need, I can buy it once I'm there, you know, uh, but every single time I keep taking too much. Um, or what also happened is that it's kind of the opposite of it, uh, from it, but um, not really knowing how long I was going to stay somewhere, thinking it wasn't going to be that long. So, for example, only packing summer clothes and I ended up staying months and months longer so I had to buy a full winter wardrobe. Um, of course, when you really have no idea how long you're staying, you can't really avoid that. 
but that was definitely one and one which was not for a move but just for traveling um it was a rookie mistake i arrived at the gate to enter my plane to go on holiday to israel and my passport was valid but only for i think three months after coming back to the netherlands i had no idea it had to be six months so that's a mistake you make once and never again but mm -hmm. it was an expensive one because yeah my trip was basically lost i couldn't go <laughs> yeah too bad yeah i i feel the same like about the packing like i've i had the exact same experience when i came to malta because i don't know if you remember linda but when i came i was like i actually forgot because i'm living in a part of france where it's like cold in general like it's like summer is basically 15 degrees so it's just it's always cold but um when i arrived in malta i was like yeah you know it's just like beginning of spring and everything so i'm just gonna bring a jacket but i brought like this huge uh like thick jacket just to come in it's like that's not appropriate at all here <laughs> it's like 25 degrees already but that's i remember you had you had a, a massive jacket but then everything else you had was just shorts and t-shirts Right. So it was, <laughs> it was really random. So, so that was absolutely random. It's just just like shorts, t-shirts, and then huge jacket because well, why not? <laughs> absolutely random. So yeah, that's really important is to pack really well because as you said, like the, you need to like do a little bit of research beforehand so you know where you're actually putting your fit in and where what the weather is gonna be and you as long as like you're traveling, as long as you're traveling within Europe, I always realized when I'm moving abroad, now I've done it a couple of times, my friends always want to visit and uh, they can stay with me for free. But the deal is that when I move, if they say they will come and visit shortly after, I would pack them like a plastic bag size, mm -hmm. like shopping bag size full of some clothes or some stuff, and they will have to get, uh, transport that to me. Like that's their gift for me. Um, so I have actually managed to do that a couple of times now where before I leave, I actually plan out. So, okay, I will go here in summer season. So these people will definitely visit me before it turns winter, which means that my winter clothes I can give to three different people and they will have like what is equivalent to a, a, a suitcase of clothes down with me time and time again. Or I will pack some stuff and then when I come back to Denmark, this is when you stay within Europe because chances are that you will come back for a weekend stay or, you know, visit your parents or, you you know, so you can come back and pick up some extra clothes and people will come easily. When you travel outside of Europe, that's not as, as likely. But that's my trip. That's my way of like packing. So I only pack for the first few months I can. And then I count on other people to bring my clothes. Well, that's a good tip. That's, in good, addition, that's a good fee. <laughs> yeah, I think in, within Europe, I mean, obviously I don't know all the routes, but uh, even if you would have to ship a small box with some extra clothes or something, um, I think in most cases that would even be more affordable than, than buying new. So that would be something to look into. I think something else um, is kind of talk to some locals before you arrive because for example, I did check the weather, um, you know, like the, 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 what's the normal average temperature in a certain month. Um, but then that's just temperature and then people who are actually there can tell you like, well, actually um, there's a lot of wind. So it actually feels a lot colder than the temperature tells you. Like, it's simple things like that that can help you uh, prepare a bit better on what to pack. Yeah. 
Yeah, definitely. If you can have like a, a link, uh, yeah, to local people. I don't know how you how you guys like find uh, actually local people to talk to. Like, did you like tell us? I just said like, did you search like through like social media, or did you find like already had contact somewhere? Or yeah, so I would usually look in in Facebook groups because every city has Facebook groups either for expats in general in that city or even people from your country. For example, here in Barcelona, there's uh, at least 10 very active either expat in Barcelona groups or Dutch people in Barcelona um, and, and every city has groups like that so I think that's a very easy accessible way to to talk to someone because also the people in those groups know what it's like to be new in the city and so they're all super helpful um, in, in you know giving you some information and tips yeah that's very true that's very true that's a lot of good things. I mean, uh, we talked about like uh, already before in another podcast about the importance to like really know and understand all, the whole culture of the country. Like that also helps to understand the the people living there and how the people are actually living. That can help also uh, to prepare the trip way better. Um, do you do you guys like uh, uh, had like any experience talking about? back on my paperwork experience, but like, do you guys like any like struggle or issues with any sort of paperwork, like for working wise or visa or anything that uh, actually did not go as planned and you thought like you could have done better at first glance? Yeah, I definitely. I mean, I don't know other countries um, because during the internships, everything was arranged, but then when I had to do it myself in Italy, it all came like, crashing down. Um, one, it's it's known for their bureaucracy. Uh, so even the people who are actually already there don't really know how it's going. So you have to figure everything out. Um, and then there are the, uh, the organizations where you go to and you go on a Tuesday and they tell you one story. And then on uh, Thursday, the, the, it's a whole different thing. Uh, it took me about three years to get a residency in a, in, in a country or yeah, that is not the Netherlands. Uh, I think that's a pretty long time. Uh, and I think now I have, a, I have a really a good idea of how to help other people that would come to them. But at that time I have to search it all by myself and um, yeah, to, to make it official, to get official documents and stuff even as a EU person, because I have friends from the United States who came to uh, Rome, to Italy, and they had uh, an even worse way, but mine wasn't easy either. So as an EU person. Yeah, that's yeah. very true. I think my experience was, um, was actually very easy, both in South Africa and in Spain mostly because I just got help. Um, in South Africa, I was hired. So the company that I worked with took care of, of everything that needed to be done. Um, to Spain, I went on my own um, without a company there supporting me. And so I was lazy and I decided to just hire a company to help me out with that. Uh, but I do know in, in a lot of places when companies hire you, they will help you get these things sorted or at least give you some instructions on where to go. And, some assistance so yeah if that's an option i would always choose that just because you know especially if you don't speak the language yet maybe uh, um it can be a complete maze and yeah good to get some help 
that's true. Like uh, if you, uh, as you said, like if you are moving, I mean, if you've been recruited or if you found a job somewhere, uh, it's there is always some sort like of uh, entity in the company or someone that can help uh, get all this paperwork done, or even a recruiter that you found. And that's true that it doesn't hurt to ask. Like you, you just ask like if they have something or a way to help you uh, actually build up and. Don't forget anything because, of course, that would be the, the shame to arrive at the airport and have forgotten uh, <laughs> any passport or anything that could be uh, work-related. Uh, but yeah, These days, I think I have to mention it, COVID test. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like I, I heard about people who arrived and they had one COVID test, but in the airport they required another one, one of the speed ones. So they actually had to have two because the different airports are requiring different ones. Mm-hmm. So that's a little bit the same. Always check out the paperwork you need to travel, COVID or not. Um, it's really different and even countries like Israel where you think if you don't know it you would think that well it's like traveling every other places but it's not <laughs> that's very true that's very true but yeah yeah as you mentioned like of course now there's the whole battery of COVID tests that uh, you need to to do and even so sometimes when you come into a, another country yeah, there is quarantine and you need to stay in, in hotels or uh, anything so yeah that's a lot of things that you take into account um, uh, how much time do you guys like think someone like considering that they have the amount of time they want but how much time do you think that someone needs to prepare uh, in advance to go to another country I think, I think practically, there's probably not even that. I mean, unless you need to, you know, like request a new passport or something like that. I think it's more about how much time you need emotionally, like to prepare emotionally. Um, if you're like, you know, easy peasy, it's just going to be a big adventure and I can't wait to go, then you really don't need that much time, I think. Of course, when you kind of can mentally get yourself there, but that would differ from person to person. I mean, yeah, I'm I, gonna, I'm, sorry, I'm right. just going to quickly back that up. As, as long as you're moving within Europe, it's like, when is the next, next flight and how fast can you put stuff in a suitcase? Yeah. That's very true. That's very true. But yeah, to, to, like, to continue on the thing that you, you just said, that's also one of like, not a criteria or anything that, but it could be a struggle for a lot of people is just to think Maybe because a lot of people maybe think too much before moving. I don't know. But to think about all the people you kind of left behind, like even if it's not leaving people behind, but it's just like going further away from people. So there's a lot of time that when you need to, like, of course, quit people for a short short period of time or longer period of time. Um, Did you guys like have like any tips like you managed to like have? It could be like for like boyfriend or girlfriend experience or having like friends that you were really close to or even family that you were really close to that you had like uh, uh, quite a harder time like to go away from. I know that like for me that was kind of easier because like my family it was like go ahead just (laughs) go send us the postcard when you're there it's gonna be fine but uh, I know that of course uh, like there is some uh, close friends that you can't see for a long period of time and as you said you can invite them and just see all right that's a good occasion for you to visit the country but it's not the same as all right we're 15 minutes away and so we can have like grab a drinks together or anything like do you guys like any uh, have like any more struggle when prepping to to go abroad like that yeah, but I think uh, the same what we said before about the luggage, you know, if it's in a flight in Europe, uh, Italy is two and a half hours, Greece more or less the same, Spain, 
Um, it's so easy to, you know, I don't know, the distance doesn't feel that far anymore. It's very easy to, to get on a plane. And, um, and from my personal experience, when I said I'm moving to Italy, um, you know, there, I think in, there was a month in between that I said it and then I actually went. And, and everybody said friends, family, uh, ex-co-workers were like, okay, so we're, we'll see you there. You know, everybody wants to come. I think the same with Spain and Greece and Portugal. They're very popular destinations. Obviously, friends and family are dying to visit. So, you know, you don't have to miss them, kind of. <laughs> and my experience has been the same. My best friend, uh, she booked her ticket to come visit me before I actually moved. Um, so I knew when I left, I knew we were saying, okay, I'll see you in two weeks because she already had booked everything. Um, and actually my 30th birthday was two months after I moved and like my four closest friends all flew in to celebrate my birthday together in Barcelona. So it was even better than if I would have lived in the Netherlands still. Um, so yeah, my, my experience has been exactly the same. It's so obviously now with COVID is different, but usually it's so easy to travel within Europe. And um, I mean, I can imagine if your family is like really uh, like scared for you maybe, then that might be difficult, but uh, everyone around me has been very supportive. Also because they, first of all, they're kind of used to me always kind of traveling and being on the road and not being close mm -hmm. by, but um, they knew for me at least it was something I wanted to do for so long. Everyone was just happy that I could finally do it. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, that's true. For me, uh, my friends, they booked a ticket. Like I was arriving on a Tuesday evening and Friday afternoon, they were already landing in Malta. <laughs> um, so, so, yeah, and I actually experienced something else that I think was quite funny. I am, I'm not from Copenhagen, but the last eight years before I moved, I lived in Copenhagen. And um, my, uh, my hometown is like with public transport, it's six hours away from Copenhagen. And my friends who kind of stayed around there, I saw them and spoke to them more after I moved out of Denmark than I did when I lived in Denmark. Because when I lived in Denmark, oh, Linda is just in Copenhagen, but they came maybe once a year. As soon as I moved abroad, all of a sudden, oh, they really wanted to come and see me because I was so far away and they missed me. Mm -hmm. It's really funny. But that's again, the mind is like, that's very true. But that, that's one of the funny things as well, because I, uh, same like for, as you said, like in Europe, like obviously before COVID, but it was like super easy and super cheap for some flights to go travel from country, one country to another. And I had like this ex same experience because when I was in Malta as well, um, uh, from where I am, I'm like way in the north of France. And there is actually, we, you can directly go to Belgium and take the, a flight from Belgium to, from Brussels uh, to uh, directly um, the the, the airport in Malta. And actually one of my friends, like if you wanted to come to my house, like who was like half an hour away from Lille, uh, it cost him like 20 euros or something. And he booked a flight from uh, the city where I was in France to Malta. It cost him like eight euros. So basically, it's like he spent eight euros just to go to another country and visit me. He had like a free apartment because I was there. It's just like ins that was insanely easy and cheap, like for anyone. That was super fun. That was super. Fun. I really think you, you have to think in time, not in distance, because and and you have to teach your friends to think that way. And then because I had the same experience, I studied in Maastricht for a while in the Netherlands, and I'm originally from the Hague. 
um, from door to door, traveling the public transportation from Maastricht back to The Hague took me just as long as going from Maastricht Airport to Barcelona Airport, like literally just as long. And yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's a really good advice. Travel from, I think about time more than distance. That's a really good one. Um, uh, speaking of that, uh, we can uh, try to wrap up with like the one, the one advice, the one tip uh, that you guys like kept in mind and always have when you are traveling abroad. Uh, I think it could be like uh, about the whole parking experience or about the whole traveling in general. But the, like the one thing that you always remind yourself before going to another country because you think, all right, that's that's what I need to do. <laughs> What's the one tip for you? Oh, for me, it's really difficult. I would just say go because um, you can spend months of preparation, which I tried also once. Um, but if if there is the feeling, it's very important to listen to your own feeling and to to listen to listen and to act on that. If you feel like you have to go somewhere, then everything else—the papers, the documents, the housing, work—even—it will. Uh, there are ways to figure that out. Just go. <laughs> I, I agree. Um, I have some friends who in the end made the move and, and now also my friends here in Spain. Um, and they've been all doubting their decision for so long. And every single one of them, once they're all settled down, they say, I don't know what I was so worried about. Like, <laughs> it seems like this big deal, but it's like people have made it a big deal to move abroad. But it's really not. It's really... You know, it's just really not a big deal. Um, yeah, so really just just go and do it. <laughs> My mother always told me this is Danish though, with the three P's, which is ping, money, passport, passport, mm -hmm. uh, prevention. So that was for going out as well. So if you want to have a fun night out, these are the three things you need to have in your packet to be pocket to be safe. But preventions, not only condoms, maybe, but could also be um, your documents or you know your medicine or whatnot you need to live. Those are the things you need. And when I say money, you don't need that much money to get started. Um, if you get a job abroad, if you don't have money to move straight into your dream apartment, rent a cheap Airbnb. You know, don't be so afraid of thinking a little bit outside the box. If you know what the end goal is, that you want to have a life here at least for a year or two, then make it work because you can always find reasons not to do it. Always. There will always be somebody who has questions for you. Or, oh, are you sure about this? This could be a scam. This could not be true. This could, again, if you're traveling just within Europe, you can always go back home. Uh, even for eight euros, as you said, with a flight. I mean, it's <laughs> yeah. If, if I can add to that, my rule whenever I was, I mean, now it's not that big of an issue anymore, but whenever I was traveling, especially when I was younger, was like, as long as I have enough money to buy a return ticket, I'm good. I can stay. That was like, that was it. Like, I need to have whatever happens on my bank account, there's going to be this money to fly back in case I need to. And so, if you want to be very specific with that, make sure that includes like money for a taxi to get to the airport, maybe money for a one night hotel if that's really, you know, needed to get your flight the next day. Um, nowadays, include some money for a PCR test if you're in a country where they're not free. But really, more than that, yeah, if you have that, you can always go back home. That's very true. 
that's like uh, to, to have like uh, kind of the the thing that I always live by. But that's for everything that that includes a lot of when I'm preparing preparing to move to another country. It's just like what's the worst that can happen? Like for anything, like uh, as we said about like uh, the packing, like if you don't pack this or this or this, what's the worst that can happen? Like I don't have like a big jacket for winter. For the moment, it's all right. Like nothing's gonna happen, as you said. Like I don't have a lot of money, but. I have enough like to go back home or do PCR test or stay in a hotel for a week or something. That's all right. That what's the worst that can happen from that? And everything that I, I try to live by is just by that, so that I reassure, as you said, because people people are always gonna doubt that what you want to do and where you want to go because they don't know and every, nobody knows what's gonna happen. But you always have doubts and you always have questions for anything. So yeah, just keep. Keeping that in mind helps to like preparing and say, oh, right, yeah, what's the worst that can happen? That's not too bad. All right, let's go. <laughs> let's do it. <laughs> I, I never had to touch that, let's say, that emergency money, but just knowing it's there makes you feel so much more relaxed, I think. Yeah, quick emergency funds just for in case, not a lot of money, but just in case, just to go back to your home country. That's already uh, more than enough. Um, well, thanks a lot, guys. That was super interesting. Thanks a lot for all your tips and uh, all the interesting facts and everything that you had to share. Uh, that was super cool. Thanks. See you guys. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Bye. Thank you. See you Bye. Bye. Squad. We'll find a place for you.